Hello, and welcome to the Fortnite Podcast. Today, I'm here joined by Chase Janicek, Braylon Gillespie, and myself, Amin Khan. Today, we will be talking about Fortnite. You've played it, I've played it, Drake plays it. I'm speaking, of course, about Fortnite, the current top dog in the Battle Royale genre that is quickly dominating the gaming landscape. For those who don't know, Fortnite Battle Royale is a free verse player mode game in which up to 100 players drop across a large open world map. The premise is simple. The last player standing wins. The game's special sauce is the combination of third-person shooter combat with simple Minecraft squid uh, building mechanics that add additional complexity to the otherwise simple combat. Since the game is free to download, Fortnite captured the cultural gamers in a way that even its most prominent competitor and predecessor, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, didn't. Players across the spectrum, from casual to hardcore and everywhere in between, have latched onto the phenomenon. The popularity of Fortnite was unexpected. The full game was originally released in July 2008 as an early access sandbox survival game. With, without its current battle royale mode, the game didn't make waves. It directed response to the surging popularity of players, Player Unknown's Battleground. The developer, Epic Games, began, began work on a mode to capture similar gameplay. The development of this new mode just took two months. Now it's at the top of the game, it's top of gaming's hottest genre. It's the latest in a long history of world-stopping gaming trends and also the kind of game that seeps into the larger cultural landscape and mainstream society, be it World of Warcraft, Call of Duty, or Minecraft. People play it, watch it, and talk about it in their dorms, the library, and even in their lecture halls. But is this good for the gaming ecosystem? In an industry filled with clones, copycats, and cheap ripoffs, is it a good sign that one of them became the hottest game in the world? Just one in-game, just on in-game cosmetic skin purchases, Fortnite generated $126 million in revenue in February, as compared to PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, $103 million. There are many reasons why Fortnite pushed past PlayerUnknown Battleground. The cartoon aesthetics holds more broad appeal than a gritty military sim. Attracting a greater age range, the, ma- the matches move faster, the building mechanics add strategy, and the developers are generally quicker to respond to the game's issues. The game dropped on consoles and mobile platforms, expanding its player base, and has blown up on social media, Twitch, and other streaming platforms. There are good arguments that Fortnite is just the better game. That being said, the explosion of popularity and profits could come with costs for the creative integrity of the gaming industry. World of Warcraft, Call of Duty, and Minecraft have all inspired clones, of which only some were good but many more that were bad. But when it only takes two months for a major gaming studio to produce a feature that generates as much money as Fortnite has, it threatens to dilute the gaming market to the point where it resembles the the mobile gaming landscape. The game has generated cheap clones and large studios and known developers are are hopping on the trend. Similar to Fortnite, Cliff Blinzinski, boss... Blinzinski's Boss Key Productions is abandoning their hero shooter Lawbreakers in order to make Radical Heights, yet another battle royale shooter with its own gimmick of BMX bikes. If creative, if creating these models is relatively inexpensive and the revenue is, in, is as enticing as it appears, it may not be long before you see similar modes tacked onto existing series and AAA titles. The story here isn't that the gaming industry is based on trends and popularity. That's true across all entertainment, even within the, fa- the past few years. Overwatch, another, another intensely popular game, popularized a genre and inspired numerous games to ride the trend. 
Most of these clones don't survive, and nearly all of them fail to reflect the success of the of the original game. But the success of Fortnite shows that sometimes the copycat wins, and this one is winning big. This one is winning big. Moving on to another topic, why is it so successful? Number one, it's free, very very free. Normally, you expect a free game to have some kind of paywall. Some somewhere you eventually feel the need to empty your pockets to get a better experience. Not in Fortnite. Nothing in the core gameplay is hidden behind a paywall. The paid stuff is all cosmetics. If you want to look like John Wick or the Raven or an Easter Bunny or a Leprechaun, there's going to be money involved. But you can be good as Ninja without paying a dime. Epic is still making an obscene amount of money from Fortnite, though, because for whatever reason, everyone wants those skins. Whether it's buying the Battle Pass for season, for, for the season or V-Bucks to buy individual items, Epic is printing money. But you can't play for free and still have a great time. Your character just won't look at school. Being free also has other advantages. PUBG costs $30, and especially on Xbox, it is still in pre-release in the game preview program. If you don't have $30 to spend, or you just don't think it's worth it, Fortnite offers an alternative 100-player battle royale experience for zero money. And that's that's the also that's also a reason why it's so popular with the younger crowd. Number two, it offers something different in a busy space. The Battle Royale formula is pretty consistent across the different titles, but Fortnite has an instant twist on it thanks to the building mechanics. Simply put, if you can't build, you're not going to be very good. Watching the best players build a ridiculous structure in seconds, then still circle behind an enemy and deliver a well-timed blue pump to the head is a thing of beauty. It's also bringing a very unique style of things. PUBG has quite realistic looking surroundings and weaponry. Fortnite looks like a, like a cartoon and has a disco bomb that makes your opponents dance. Number three, it offers effective cross-platform gameplay. Fortnite is one of the mo of the best examples of cross-platform play, folks. Folks on iPhone can play with folks on console and PC, and vice versa. It's often you cannot choose to play with phone players from your PC, but you can conceivably play a match with a buddy on an iPhone, another on the Xbox, while you play on PC. You might well get utterly demolished playing on a phone coming up against PC players, but the idea is sound. No one is left out. It's number four. It's fun and frustrating, in a good way. When you first start playing, or if you're struggling to get your building skills nailed, Fortnite is frustrating as hell. You'll see an opponent throw up a bunch of ramps, get above you, and obliterate you in seconds. But you'll go back to the lobby and you'll try again, and again, and again. That's because it's a lot of fun and it's very entertaining. Hit YouTube and check out the highest reels of, from some of the biggest streamers. Yes, you can ride a rocket across the map and hit someone with an epic no-scope snipe. It's not easy, but it's possible, and the entertainment value is unlimited. And it's only just begun. Thanks for to the variety of weapon skins, location, the building mechanics, and the way the map in Fortnite involves. It all com combines to make a game that's never the same on different days. Season 4 started by dropping a meteor into the middle of the map. Subsequent updates are seeing parts rebuilt. Fortnite Battle Royale mode is a living entity, evolving with every update, and Epic Games is doing an incredible job at keeping the community engaged with free content, and that always provides a reason to come back. Now the company is providing huge class prizes, so no doubt, Everyone wants to become a pro Fortnite player. There, these are some are some of the main reasons why people keep coming back to Fortnite. Epic Games is onto a winner here. 
and it's not going to slow down anytime soon. More ways it's successful. Born out of a wild deployment cycle that spiraled for years without a concrete identity, Fortnite Battle Royale came hot off the wheels of players' unknown battlegrounds last summer. At the end, it seemed like a quick capitalization on PUBG's 100-player fight-to-death gaming style, but it didn't take long before the approachable, free-to-play option overtook Battlegrounds, taking its place at the top throne of competitive gameplay. As Fortnite smartly expanded to almost every playable platform, its user base has exponentially grown in the years since its inception. At last, officially tally, more than 40 million people log in each month to play. Hell, it's transcended, it's transcended the console and entered the culture as a veritable phenomenon. When World Cup players celebrate a goal with a Fortnite dance, you know that this game is something unique. But how does Fortnite continue to flourish? Gamers are an exceptionally fickle brunch. They, they can quickly turn on the game, a studio, or even a whole genre quickly. Just look at PUBG as an example of deflated juggernaut. At, at any time, Fortnite is only a Fortnite in a way for obscurity. De deplo developer Epic Games is far from up, up front about what the future of Fortnite will hold. Multiple attempts to contract will went unanswered. Still, there are tea leaves that can can be read. Crystal balls to gaze into an extremely focal fan base. That might prove hints at where the game is going. And all sign points in Fortnite continual growth. Definitely bigger and definitely weirder. Obviously, um, obviously there will be more seasons. Epic has launched five in the first year, so there's no reason to suspect it will serve from this strategy soon. The evolving narrative that has been set up provides not only water cooler moments, but also a rolling call to action play for players to return and see what has changed. In the future, you can expect a lot more experimentation in game modes. The open, consequence-free playground mode that launched this summer was so popular it shut down Epic servers. The recent addition of the City Storm mode made headlines as well. Epic has always added and removed play modes like 50v50, all explosives, all silenced, but the developer's recent flair for hyping them and the media's interest in covering them shows that this experimentation will certainly play a part in the path forward. Over the past few months, Epic has rolled out their Summer Skirmish series, a weekly competition with top players and prize money, with, which found exceptional engagement and a lot of room for growth. Developers admitted as much as when they posted Mia Klupa post of tongue. After the first week, the message was apologetic, but also openly dedicated to fine-tuning the experience to that there could be more to come. Fortnite has demonstrated its own specific type of weird over the past year. Dancing contests, adding an infinity gauntlet to the game, and leaving a large plastic burger out in the middle of the desert are just a few of the many examples where they've kept their, game, where they've kept their demographic guessing. This weirdness has become a part of the game's identity, and it's charm to many players. To diminish that in the future would be a poor strategy, and if their booth at LA's E3 Expo was any example, Austination seems to be the name of the game.
And the weirdness has worked. The Infinity Gauntlet as a tie into the Avengers movie clearly tapped out into the culture con consciousness. It also was well received as being a fun exclusive rather than a cheap promotional gimmick. Aside for, from limiting time modes and possible permanent modes, there will be there will likely be changes to how the game plays. A common complaint is that most matches in the, the same way. Two players building complex towers and spamming rockets or shotguns. It's important to support a variety of late game strategies that do not that don't boil down to just build LOL. Developers wrote in a June blog post. We strongly believe that the evaluation of Fortnite evolution of Fortnite supports a wide range of play styles and counterplay. Currently, the superiority of shotguns, rockets, and uncapped building are such a dom dom dominant play style in the final circuit that most other strategies are being drowned out. The main theme suggested more people should have a variety of ways to win, not just those good with the buildings and shotguns. You should be able to find victory royales through multiple strategies, the blog post read. Shotguns should be strong, but other, other weapons have room to grow. Not every encounter should have to end in a build-off. We want to empower you to showcase your skill, strategy, and tactics in all variety of ways. But what do players want? Fortnite's community, both on Epic's own forum, forums and on the extremely popular subreddit, are extremely vocal. They constantly offer suggestions for improving the game, like weapon balancing and play mode ideas, and wild theories for what comes next, like Season 6 theme being old people. And what they want is a difficult question to answer. Hundreds, hundreds, if not thousands, of posts exist with a plethora of ideas for balances, game mode, game modes and cosmetics. Since the ones who take the time to be involved with the online community are generally more passionate about Fortnite, the only real uh, consequence is is split between people who believe changes are ruining, are running the game, are running ruining the game, and people who uh, celebrate Epic's uh, dedication to proving it. Through it may not be the complete secret to the game's successes. Fortnite developer Epic Games has maintained a very close relationship with the community. Epic regularly posts on Reddit and Twitter and active, actively responds to suggestions or complaints. The level of closeness with the community is certainly not a guarantee of continued success. Bungie, developer of Destiny and Destiny 2, has had a very active engagement with its hardcore players, and that has uh, at times been both a blessing and a curse. Many members of Fortnite community have even grown frustrated with the ent entitled failed by the community since Epic remains so communicative. They feel that Epic's quick acceptance of community complaints should be tempered and vi better vetted. Fortnite changes a lot. Epic pushes content updates or patches every week as a service-based free-to-play game. It is expected to add a continuous flow of new stuff, but that perpetual motion machine has a dark side as well, and for the future of Fortnite, it could be a very dark side indeed. Fortnite's biggest challenge. Possibly the most accurate challenge that Epic faces with how to maintain Fortnite's uh, momentum is, is one that many popular games have met. 
how to attract new players while keeping the existing base happy. If Epic wants to further cultivate the game's fan base, then it might have an uphill climb. The developer announced in June that the player base had grown to 125 million players. If it were a country, it would be the 12th largest in the world. After all, the hype and the free price tag, the game is probably close to a saturation point for growth. In order to attract new players to an already pretty approachable and available game, Epic could include new modes, new features, new tutorials, etc. And that's precisely why many long-time adherents to the game don't want. One of the most popular recent posts of, uh, on the Fortnite Battle Royale subreddit is a rally cry to not let the epic ruin the game by nerf nerfing it down for newbies. Are we re are we really still having a blast playing this game? Reddit user Sora twenty six wrote, "Are you are you playing this game like you were in season three or four? I know I'm not. I know my friends aren't. This game used to be." like jello now it's just sugar and water there are so many there there are many many posts like this in on forums all saying that epic desire to appeal to more casual fans continue to dumb down the game to an unplayable state when i first started this game i couldn't build a wall sora 26 continued i didn't ask for devs to change the whole freaking game so that I could get a couple of cheeky kills in the expense of more experienced players. This is seriously such a dumb route to take. Players often threat to quit over any change or uh, stag stagnation, but it doesn't say something that this is one of the forum's mo more popular posts in recent weeks. Epic might be trying to have its slurp juice and drink it too. While it continues to move away from a playing style that many favor, including the previously mentioned surge of just build it, lol, it has sunk a lot of money to support and promote this high-level play in play. In June, Epic announced the launch of a 2018-2019 to competitive season, providing $100 million to fund prize pools, which will all com uh, accumulate in a, for in a Fortnite World Cup. In, it, in late 2019 and there and that's not the only way it's been put it's putting put behind comp, competitive play the summer scrimmage and e3 event and solo showdowns are all example of how epic wants fortnite to be dominant in esport it clearly sees a lot of benefit it keep it keep in keeping attention on the game even when people aren't playing it and in order to do that you need dedicated expert players who aren't turned off by the hat tipping to newcomers. Whether Epic can successfully walk this line remains to be seen, but the future of Fortnite will likely include more discussions around how possible it is. Epic doesn't want to lose the particular lightning that it bottled, but it has to continually shift and add it to maintain interest. The Fortnite of the future will likely continue to change while trying very hard to stay in the same course. The question that remains is whether players will fall to the next Battle Royale boon or be willing to take one more jump off the battle bus. Hello and welcome to our new podcast of The Gaming Market. Today I am joined by Chase, Braylon, and myself, me. In recent years, the video game industry has become a powerhouse. According to Juniper Research, global PC and console game revenue is predicted to reach $46.5 this year. Bungie's latest video game, Destiny, debuted with record-breaking sales of $500 million within its first 24 hours. Clearly, this is an industry worth paying attention to. 
While a lot of the success is attributable to, simply to consumers' love of gaming, the developers and distributors also deserve a lot of credit. Their marketing savvy builds anticipation and ensures awareness of their latest games, and that leads to jaw-dropping scales. Business owners and leaders in every sector can learn a lot by studying these success stories. With that in mind, here are three issues from the video game industry that you can apply when marketing your business. Number one, strong titles. Names play a huge role in the context of both, brand, uh, both branding and general marketing. If a company or its products and services have names that are difficult to remember or understand, the business will miss out on a huge number of opportunities. A simple, strong title makes marketing much, much easier. Video game makers fully understand this uh, notation. As Forbes' Steve Olinsky pointed out, it's pretty rare to see a successful video game with a complicated title. Look at Destiny. Even if that doesn't tell you exactly what the game is about, it's a simple word with powerful uh, connotations. The name goes for the games like Halo, Assassin's Creed, Titanfall, and Famous, and Call of Duty. Other popular games are more direct. Grand Theft Auto, NBA 2K14, Batman, Arkham Knight, and Battlefield. These titles let the consumer know fairly instinctively what to expect and then deliver on that promise. Too often, business, uh, too often businesses take the opportunistic uh, tack when naming themselves or their offerings. They will try to be clever or mysterious in the hope that this will generate interests and curiosity in their target audiences in many cases, though. Consumers respond to these types of titles with confusion and indifference. Indifferences. When developing your own company's branding, don't beat around the bush. If you have confidence in your organization and your products and services, you 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 should let those titles, you should let those things speak for themselves. It'll make your marketing uh, campaigns simpler, more direct, and in all likelihood, more effective. Number two. Provide a sample. Just like in the film industry, trailers have a, have been long have long been a strand, standard component of video game marketing efforts. <laughs> Players eagerly awaited await the release of this of these short clips de, de, demonstrating the story, graphics, and playing style upcoming games have to offer. For many players, the most part of these trailers is the actually actual gameplay. If consumers can see the game in action, they can get a real, very real sense of how they'll react to the game itself, itself in once it's in their hands. While making a trailer may not be a whole a, a lot of sense for your business, there's there's a lesson here. Consumers want to know what they can expect before the purchase. After, not after. If you can provide us that sample in your marketing campaigns, in your marketing campaigns, then you can gain your target audience trust and interest. Maybe your business can offer free samples or trial periods of service. Maybe you can develop a rental program. Whatever the specifics of marketing strategy that allows consumers to to sample the good before they buy buy will demonstrate confidence and good faith of your company's part give you a major competitive edge number three early order and early 
early number three early order incentives one one of the more uh, controversial aspects of today's video game marketing efforts in the notations of pre-orders with pre-orders consumers put down the money to buy a game before it's even released in exchange these customers are guaranteed to receive a copy of the game as soon as it's available and typically receive some additional uh, reward as well this could be a special in case a uh, discount on the future games, extra downloadable content, or even a in-game advantage. Some game aficionados strongly dislike the popularity of pre-game orders. They feel the offers that can pay undue pressure on gamers to purchase a game before they had a chance to read reviews or hear feedback from their friends. If they don't pre-order, they must they may miss out on highly competitive in-game content. But despite these critiques, the fact remains that pre-game pre ordering is a massively successful marketing strategy for game makers and retailers. They may gripe, but millions of video game fans will put forward the money in order to guarantee a copy and receive whatever and additional incentives that they may be offered. Business owners in other industries can take a page from the video game. Industries playbook by, develop, by developing marketing plans that feature early order incentivization. Consumers love discounts, and you'll love the early guaranteed revenue. This is especially effective when combined with the last point, where you provide samples of some products and services to generate trust, which encourages customers to pre-order in the future.